This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. Now listening to Sweep the Rack podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. R Robert. R matey. Good matey. Bro, I just drilled this ball, mate. It's longer than the strongest ball I've ever drilled. It's the best ball ever. I got my new shirts and look, I raided some other Patch Pirates treasure. I got and I got myself some booty. Look at these, all these 300, 800 rings, mate. I bet you treasure now. I brought it up, mate. Oh, I got I got my new shirts in the mail. I'm very excited about them. I got my new shirts. I'm sponsored by six shirt companies. Dude, mate, R, I, I'm ready to walk the plank if you don't drill this ball because it's the longest and strongest and greatest ball ever. Greatest R. ball ever. Greatest ball ever. Greatest ball. R. <laughs> Happy Halloween, folks. Happy Halloween. Sweet Happy Halloween. Uh, we decided to dress up as the Patch Pirates tonight. I gotta get the I gotta get the patch off, but the hat staying on with the earring because this is a sick getup. I hey, gotta lose these rings. Out. It's amazing that I have so many rings, though. I have to say, goat goat status over here. Yo, ahoy, mates! My fire road shirt. You, everyone needs to drill the fire road. It's longest and strongest ball ever. Watch my ball reviews. Ridiculous. Uh, Ridiculous. Look at this, yo! I think one of these is actually a PBA somewhere. I think I don't even know. Anyway, Mike. All right, listen, I gotta, I gotta put the proper hat on too, because you, you, you all yeah. know what it is. You all know what it is, baby. So give me a second. Go ahead, Rob. Oh, Mike. I gotta look. look so I'm gonna get into my. Uh, you're gonna put the Phillies hat. I gotta sit here with a Phillies hat. Um. So, Mike, I gotta talk about my league Tuesday night. Some really good stories. So Tuesday night, I, I lost my shit on someone while I was bowling. They didn't hear me. Um, ah, well, that's passive aggressive. Well, I, I tried for them to hear me, but... Um, Listen, let me I, tell you something. If I want to make sure somebody's going to oh, hear me, oh. they're going to hear me, son. Well, so here's what You're going to know I'm talking to you if I'm talking to you. Here's what happened, okay? And I know every league bowler could kind of probably, like, get, like, you know, kind of relate to me on this. So one lane courtesy, right? The guy's up. He's right on the left lane, uh, left of me. Um, he goes first before me. I'm I'm up ready to shoot a spare a ten pin. And keep in mind that I was already on tilt because I, I it was my fourth ten pin in my first four frames starting. Because so that's ten- what house bowling does to you. It it it, it puts uh, you on tilt. Well, I went. I started my game off, and we're bowling first place team. Okay. Oh, 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 oh
Oh, did you have your name shirt on, you patch pirate? Get no, that. but there's 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 money involved here. It's a big money league. Right, you get it? I, so I I'm, it's no, it's, it's money, not big right? money. Come on, no, no, it's not. It's not. It's not, it's not life changing money to either one of us. It's, it's not, not even changing money. But I go there every week, and I I'm, I want to win, right? Like okay, I, all right. So then put it like that. You want to win? All right, go ahead. So um, I start my game off ten pin, ten pin, ten pin. And then the fourth shot, I leave another 10 pin. Two stone, two flat, right? After striking for 15 minutes in practice. Okay, so I'm already on tilt. So I'm ready to get up to shoot my 10 pin. This guy gets up. He throws some bad shot. And after he throws it, he's standing on the foul line. And he's like doing this. And he's just like, you know, he's like pretty much like sitting there. He's like doing the robot on the lane. I don't know what the hell he was doing. And I, I go to throw it, and he's still on the lane. Like, he's looking around. He's looking at the foul line. I mean, he's making this big, big, like, dramatic, like, like freaking act. So and I this is, to be, to be clear here, this is the player that you're you're bowling against that's on your pair. No, no. No, okay. Interrupted me. So I okay, okay. have courtesy here. So All right, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm okay. ready to go. And, dude, I throw my ball down. I'm just like I'm like R. I'm like this guy like get off the fucking lane. I'm yeah. I started yelling. I'm like I can't bowl like this. Like this guy, what are you doing? And I'm like dancing. I'm like yo, what is what is this? You dancing? I'm like starting to dance on the lane, dude. My guy, I looked at me on my team. Yo, he was just like fell over laughing because I'm literally now I'm doing the freaking robot. I'm like, what are you doing? You're dancing, bro. And he just like didn't hear me. He walked away. Like I knew he had to if you're Mike, I'm loud. You know that. He may have he may have ignored you. He did ignore me. And uh so anyway, so that was my first thing. So people, your bowling league, if you throw a bad shot, yo, get the hell off the lane. Like whatever. Like throw the shot, get the hell off the lane. Um so yo, like I was all like just tilt from from there on out i knew it was going to be a like a shit night um and then um dude i put it on my twitter yo this guy was bowling to the right of me he bowled half of the first game on his phone and i mean he was talking on the phone while holding the phone in the left hand bowling with the right hand on the, with the right hand what style thumb in the ball well, yeah, he had to have. Yeah, just kind of okay. just throwing and walking away on conversation, okay. having a huge conversation. Think about the bets he's putting in. I, I don't even know. How and, is he uh, bowling? He bowled two twenty five the first game on the phone, bro. I'm like, dude, like, you know, it goes to show you. Anyway, so <laughs> that's, those are like- that's the new thing these days, though, isn't it? Like, I've noticed that is more and more popular over the last few years. Is is people bowling with headphones in? Bluetooth in, you know, various, various ways of distracting themselves while the bowling is going on. Yo, he was bowling and he didn't. And I said to my team, I'm like, yo, like, that's disrespectful, like, to my teammates. Like, yo, if I I get if you have a phone, you got to talk. But while you're bowling, I was like, come on, man. Like, um, and I was like, dude, that's really disrespectful for the people on your team. I, I think it is. Yo, you drive all the way out there. You're bowling a league. It's a serious league. And now you're you're on the phone talking while you're bowling? Come on. That's not disrespectful. Yeah, I wouldn't like that. No. So I wouldn't anyway, like that. Long I mean, unless, unless it was some sort of, uh, you know, work situation, emergency situation. And in Maybe. that case, like, get a sub. 
Maybe. You know, let us um, know and just get a sub. But so for me, bowling, um, six seventy six. Um, but more importantly, we we took twenty nine points out of thirty five or thirty six. Um, so we had a good night as a team. I mean, we bowl good. You know, they were easy. And I look, I'll be the first to admit it. I'll be the first to admit when they're easier than they're usually normally are. And this pair we caught last night or Tuesday night was a lot easier than than usual the usual pairs we were on. Um, you know, if it wasn't for, honestly, and that's the why you hate house shots so much. If I was able to carry and actually make a ten pin, um, I I would have had no problems like shooting like at least seven hundred on that. Like, um, it was the carry issues that I mean, I bowled two twenty the first game and I left I think five or six ten pins. I mean, how do you how can you bowl? I and anyway, so that was my league review. Uh, we're in tied for first now. I think we have like three or four weeks um left, but you know I'm just like the fact that we're bowling, we're winning, and we're trying to like. You know, make a run. I I, I just enjoy winning because you're competitive. I'm competitive, Mike. You know that. So uh, I stink. I'm a hack. Uh, like I'm 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 three shots a game away from bowling extremely well. Like the the, the first game we were bowling on the short. First game, purple hammer, urethane. I go like front four or front five. Front five. Two eight ten, threw it like garbage, fast, didn't hit it, terrible. Two eight ten, open. Next shot, hit it too much, overcompensate. Four seven, make it. Okay, not bad. Strike on the next shot. Next shot, throw it hard again and miss it again. Two t- two eight ten again, open. What do I end up shooting that game? Two zero, you know, two zero, and like. Yeah, it, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating because it's just those two, three shots a game where if I throw strikes on both those two eight tens, uh, I shoot like two seventy, like two sixty eight. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, you know frustrating. But uh, listen, we had sixteen people. Uh, people are enjoying what we're doing. I think you know most of the people that I'm talking to kind of enjoy what we're doing more than the regular league format. So it seems to be working. Uh, you know, we're getting a good number of people each week. Uh, we have a we have a limited amount of lanes, so uh, like I don't. I, if we got more than sixteen people right now, we we would have some uneven pairs where there'd be six on one pair and four on others, which I'm not too crazy about. I'm also not too crazy about six on every pair because then we're taking a, a longer time to bowl, and it's beautiful being in there by seven and out by nine nine thirty. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of a split this week between the scratch and handicap bowlers. Uh, my man, Steph, uh, Steph, who's in the chat right now, uh, he he won one of the high game pots. He's actually robbed, like, 190 house, 150 sport, and uh, came and bowled last week, struggled uh, greatly. This week came armed with the urethane, got some advice about how to play him, and uh, ended up popping, like, 197, I think, the first game or something no, like that. It- but isn't that what it's all about? Like that's what, that it's, what all it's all about. about? See, see, but see, and I, it's funny because I had a conversation with him through uh, through through DMs about this. But that's the problem with with that's part of the problem with the sport bowling and the bowling community. And I think you'll agree with me on this, Rob. Like the higher level bowlers, they don't want to lose to the handicap guys. Okay. 
they don't ever want to lose to the handicap guys, right? Especially somebody getting 40, 50 pins. I mean, they they look at that as like, oh, oh my God, oh, 40. But here's the thing. If you don't do that, if you don't even it up and make it more fair in that fashion, okay, you're never going to get those people to experience success and stick around. And that's exactly what I said to Steph. I said, see, it's it's nice that you experienced some success here because okay. now it makes you want to come back. And I also told them what will happen is your average will get re-rated after you've bowled nine games, and then the bar is going to be raised for you where now you're not getting this many, but you're getting this many. Now you have to shoot better, you know? So here's the thing is, is the one important part of your story you told about Stefan or Stefan um, is the fact that he was able to get some kind of coaching and he was able to try to get better and learn and then actually make some adjustments, bring a urethane ball, try something new and take some advice and then come back the next week and then try to implement the advice that he got. I think a lot of the problem today is that these sport leagues and these challenging patterns that these people, they go bowl yep. every week, but there's nobody to, you know, help show them, them out. and coach them on yep. the right way to do it. A lot of people don't want the coaching because they think they're so great from averaging yep. 30 on the house shot, but yep. they don't want to hear advice or hear maybe, Hey, maybe you should try this. Maybe you should try. Well, you know, I don't need to do that. I'm, I'm a 230 average, but all I'm saying is, that's the problem to, and today is the lack of education and the lack of coaching um, on a, a sport challenging shot, you know, is where a lot of the issue is. Yeah. Uh, I actually helped him out in practice. So uh, he was basically just lined up too far left and he was throwing your thing sure. at the gutter and it was light, light, light. And I told him, nah, man, you, you, you got to get your feet way, right? Like you got to have your feet right of this dot here. This is where you need to be looking and, yeah, at first he struggled with it, but then after Mike, a half game or so, he was like, all right, I got the feel for it here. Mike, do you know how many times I've crossed on, like, pairs with people bowling, like, these amateur sport tournament events that are averaging, like, 120, 140? They're, you know, they're just continuously doing the same thing over and over again for eight games where they're trying to play 20 with a performance yeah. ball. And all they would need to do is come over to me after the tournament or even during the tournament and say, Hey, look, this is my like first time, or I've only been doing this for a couple of years. Like, what do you think I need to like do or work on? And dude, I would be more than happy to give anyone advice. Yeah. But do you, you know think I mean? we're the exception or we're the, we're the rule on that? What's that? Do you think that, that people who take our approach and are willing to give the advice, do you think we're the exception on that? Or do you think we're the rule on that? You no, think most people are willing to do it? Dude, I think so. If I'm if I'm 200 or 300 under and I'm not in competition to like and and maybe after the tournament would be more of a a a, a kind of a way a way way to do it because like, you know, maybe as someone who maybe has only been bowling a year, if I'm in their shoes and I and I cross with someone who maybe went, you know, 200 over on that pattern and I went 300 under, like for to, for the tournament to be over and for me to go over to that person and say, "Hey, look, like you know, I, I don't know if you, you know, I are comfortable with this, but I'd really like some advice on like, what do you think I need to work on or how right. should I play this pattern? And I guarantee you 98% of the great bowlers out there, in, you know, even the pros would be more than happy to spend five or 10 minutes and try to explain to them what they need to do. But that person has to ask, Mike, I'm not going to see for me. They don't even have to ask. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give them the advice, even if it's unsolicited. No, I don't care. I'm not. 
If I I'm see not. somebody struggling, I can't help myself. I, no, it it, 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 it fries me if they just sit there and continue to struggle, especially if yeah, they're doing you, the wrong thing. But you're a high school coach by heart. Like, you know what? I, I'm, I've always been in this school. Look, I grew up in Brooklyn. Like, I'm not going to mind my own. I, I know. I business. totally understand that. Yeah. And, and honestly, it could come off as kind of dickish, too. A little bit because, oh, like, you know, it yeah. seems like you're saying to somebody they're doing something right. wrong. But, right. you know, I kind of know. Uh, yeah, sh- shout to these guys, too. Like, Steph and a few other guys, they've actually been staying after we're done and bowling oh. extra games on the pattern and practicing you after we're done. So, get, you know, you, you, you kind of get hooked on it. All right, Rob, I shot 550. That's the bottom line. I went 210, right. 213, 186 the second game. With it with a, a four nine and a miss spare early in the game, and then uh, one fifty the last game. I bowled oh. terribly. I bowled so bad the last game. Honestly, I was tired. I was out of gas. I was hey, focused dude, look, on other things. So join, join join a house league and, and get you some hardware, Mike. Get, get you some hardware. One fifty yeah. the last game. So all right, we 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 have a guest tonight, Rob. We have a guest tonight. We do. Uh, we're that we're 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 going to keep it moving here. So last week. We got into the story. We should I say we broke the story? We did. Should I say that? Should we? Yeah. I mean, you know, we broke the story uh, of of you know what was going down at Big Bowling and and some of the behind the scenes information with uh, Big Bowling and the issues they were having with uh, producing their equipment and and you know obviously with the uh, lack of PBA product registration going into this season. So uh, we we. Announced last week, we told you last week that we were going to bring on one of the former employees of Big uh, who had reached out to us and contacted us. So uh, he's here tonight. Rob, let's bring him on. Uh, We welcome onto the show Will Smith. Uh, Will, welcome. Welcome to Sweep the Rack, my guy. Hello, mateys. How are we doing? Arr, he I'm knows the word ball longer and stronger, the greatest ball ever. Hey, hey, can you, get it? And, you know, I just do that hockey stick shape. I gotta have that. It's gonna hit the pins at an angle, you know. Can you get us some free balls? I know you're not in the best standing with big, but can you get us some free balls? Here, buddy, I got stuff sitting on the shop floor right now. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> arr, give us what some of that to treasure you have, maybe. Put up a ball review video. Up, I mean, come on. Oh my God, it's so bad. I'm, we're not even going to get into that. All right, so uh, Rob, where do you want to start here? I want to start on actually, you know, what where you started with with Big, some of your history on, on how you know you got involved with Big, what you did there. Uh, I know you did a lot of different things, but you know, mm-hmm. give us at least a, l- a little bit of the high level, uh, quick version of of the start and the origins of you with uh, Big. Okay, Cliff Notes version. Um, I'm really good friends with the former president of Big. Uh, his name's Tony, and uh, Rob and I have that mutual connection there. So um, that's kind of cool. And I've known Victor for a good, almost 25 years now. I bowled league with him in the early 2000s, so we had that connection as well. Um, so Tony had said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna start something in Airway Heights, and I'd like you to be a part of it." And of course, I'm knowing me, I, I ask a million questions. I'm like, "Well, what the hell is it?" He says, oh, it's a it's a bowling company. We're going to make bowling balls. And Victor's going to be the guy designing. He said, oh, that'd be, that'd be really fun. Um, he said, would you be willing to travel? I'm like, oh, yeah. I'll, I'd love to be. I'd love to go sell bowling balls and maybe rep rep people and do whatever. So he said, well, you're going to get a call from um, Victor and possibly Rhino Page in the next couple of weeks. Said, All right. Well, unbeknownst to me, that was going to be my audition to get into big bowling. 
So um, I, uh, I got a call from them um, and they wanted me to drill some stuff for Rhino. So met up somewhere and we drilled some bowling balls and it went really, really well. And to this day, Rhino and I are pretty good friends and, you know, we still talk bowling all the time. But uh, that was the, the introduction to Barry. Um, and then when I got my foot in the door, I was wearing a lot of hats. So I was uh, initially just supposed to be a salesman for the most part, doing sales calls and just trying to, to push product. Um, but and it ended up being me basically working a whole side of the warehouse where I was working on the lathe. Uh, so cutting down bowling balls, um, using CNC machines to cut labels, pour labels, finish bowling balls, weigh bowling balls, box them, get the ship station working, um, getting bowling balls out the door. So I was doing basically seven or eight jobs and they were all pretty involved jobs, mostly at the same time. So it was a frustrating situation to say the least. So that's kind of the Cliff Notes version of that. Gotcha. And you were there um, and how, how, how long until um, you were your, I, I guess, departure, like how many years was this you, you were there? So it was about a year. Um, I had made initial contact September of 2019. Okay. kind of where when we started talking about it mm -hmm. and then um from that point i i was working for a company in uh in spokane that did um logistical stuff just basically running trucks for grocery and hardline goods um so i was a buyer for them and um i quit that job in february to go to the world series of bowling to rep and i pulled the uh the qualifier and if you ever get to look that up, that's that's a pretty funny thing because I finished last in the qualifier. <laughs> but um, long story short, that was uh, that was kind of my introduction to the world of repping bowlers, professional bowlers, and that was my that was kind of like the first week of work basically. And then from there, from Fe February, uh, we were furloughed in March, end of March, April. And then I went and said, you know, I, I got to find something else to do. So I applied for school and got into a program at a, at a local community college and uh, started into that, which I thought initially was going to benefit uh, the business itself. It was a mechanical design program uh, with, with a whole lot of like physics and math involved. So I was like, all right, well, maybe I can get onto the R&D side uh, big and we can run with it. Unfortunately, that, that obviously didn't happen. So okay. Cool. That, no, I think that's a good overview. Um, so you got furloughed, and that was um due to COVID, I would imagine, right? Well, that yeah. was 2020. Yeah. Okay. So you get furloughed, and um, is that really where the end of it? Like, I mean, did, did they ever bring you back, or where where did it kind of go from there? Because I know Victor reached out, and he said that you know he ran and he he you know had a lot of health issues due to COVID. And I know that was a lot of the reasons why, um, you know, he, you know, they, they struggled uh, mm -hmm. as well as some of the funding too. I guess, you know, their main investor, which we talked about last week, sure. like their in, the Indian tribe, like pulled funding because of COVID. Um, so I guess, I, you know, and I, I spoke to Tony, I, you know, we, we messaged a lot and I got a few messages from Victor, but I guess, you know, on your email that you, you know, wrote to us, you know, you talked a lot about, you know, some, you know, bad, I guess, business decisions and, mm -hmm. you know, some some just, you know, stuff that you didn't agree with that, you know, some of the decisions that were getting made for a higher up. 
So I guess talk a little bit about that. Like, what did you see while, you know, while you were there? Like why, you know, you, re- you decided to reach out to email us. So start, you know, getting into some of the emails that you sure. the email you guys sent to us. Um, so in the email, um, I had, I had uh, chronicled just a few points. Um, one of them being, we had done about a hundred bowling balls of a hundred. It was a hundred shim wreckers um, all the way through the process. They were short pins and the, the tops were a little bit, a little bit funny. They weren't anything that you couldn't sell. Um, so hundred bowling balls and you figured about 120 bucks, that's $12,000. Um, we threw those out and the person who had to throw those out was me. Mm. And I asked Victor, I was like, Hey man, what the hell are we doing? Why, why are we throwing these things out? And he said, Oh, well, that was a good mistake. I'm like, what, what the fuck is that, that about? There's no way that's a good mistake. That's, that's somebody's salary, dude. Well, we, you have to, you have to look at it from a point, point of view, like, all right, just because it's just a little bit off, you can't not sell it. There's something you have to recoup in in this in this situation. So in that sense, I didn't agree with it whatsoever. One, because I had to touch them seven or eight times. And two, we're throwing out product that's workable, that we can sell. And we can maybe either reinvest back in the company and or pay people that are that are on the floor working. Well, I was gonna say while while people aren't getting paid. Exactly. That's exactly right. So, so that was that was a pain point for me. Another mm. pain point was um, there was a lathe that we bought or that he bought. Excuse me. Um, it's a really nice CNC, super badass lathe, right? One hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay, it ended up being a bottleneck in the warehouse. So we would pour blocks, pour pours. They go over to covers. We pour covers. Okay, the next steps are labels. And then cut them down. Well, it's two and a half minutes every pass on on this lathe. Okay, so you're doing 100 bowling balls at a time or more. Okay, two and a half minutes times 100. You can do the math. It's a long time. Then you have to retool the actual lathe itself. So that takes another 15 to 20 minutes. All right, and it's just knocking on it, knocking on it, and you've got this precision tool that sits on top of it. Okay, and you're just trying to get it straight. Awesome. So that takes time. Then you have to run a neck another pass. Then you have to finish all the stuff. So it was a bottleneck, and it was serving other other purposes in the warehouse. It was cutting down another technology that 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 Victor had had developed too. So it was it was it was a pain point because that was all on me to do that kind of stuff, and not getting paid for it made it worse. <laughs> so. You mentioned in your email about, and, and we talked last week about the funding coming for, for big bowling coming from uh, an Indian tribe that mm-hmm. was interested in building a bowling center and building a bowling ball manufacturing uh, plant for big bowling, and big bowling was going to be involved in some things. Um, I, guess, I guess my question would be, uh, were, were things ever great? with big bowling from your experience? I mean, was there ever a time where things were running smoothly and things were going well and it seemed like this is on the right trajectory to be a success? Or was it from the moment you got in, uh, no, things aren't going well, and then the funding got pulled uh, You know, when COVID hit? It felt like there were red flags immediately. I mean, just – just to give you an idea, I walked in the warehouse the first time and it was a state of disorganization. 
there wasn't uh, an SOP involved. There's no operating procedure. There was kind of like, okay, they do things over there and they kind of do things over there. Great, that's fine. Finding a tool in the warehouse was difficult. Okay, but from my understanding, um, there was supposed to be a, an FEC, Family Entertainment Center, that the tribe was going to build and they were breaking ground as soon as we started pouring bowling balls. Well, that never happened. And as far as I know, Kalispell has been talking about putting a bowling center out there in Airway Heights for 20 years plus. So we've got people moving into town. Okay. We've got people that are in town that are investing in this, in this business. Okay. This new business, or rather they're getting, they're loaning money to the business is what I was told loaning money to the business and on, on the promise that they were going to get it back. Okay, because they were building this FEC and that there was funding coming in and it never happened. So I don't know if COVID had anything to do with the breaking ground on, on the FEC itself, because that was that's been talked about long before big was even thought of. So I, I don't I don't really know on, in, in that that respect. But from my perspective, it, <laughs> it it didn't make sense right away. It's like, OK, nobody's getting paid. I get it. All right. But. I know there's some kind of money coming in. Can't we just do some kind of a minimum wage situation or, or don't tell us you're going to pay us next month. And then next month comes and nothing happens. Oh no, we'll get you next month. Well, you can only do that so many times until you say, well, what, where the hell's the money? You know, where's the beef? So I guess that would be my, I guess that would be my question is, um, so, you know, according when I was messaging back and forth with Tony, he was saying that a lot of the workers, at least the, you know, the more of the, you know, the, the maintenance workers and the low end people were getting paid. It was more of the, the higher end, you know, and it, it was, it seemed like a really small operation, right? Like five to eight oh, of you. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. So was there anybody that was getting paid from the company and it was just maybe a select few of you that weren't getting paid or was this them telling you, you were getting paid uh, to everybody and they were just not paying like a majority or, or, or nobody there. While I was there, nobody got paid. Nobody got paid. Nobody got paid. Nobody. Um, and they were telling you guys that you guys were going to get paid and you have like a salary agreement and all it's that a, stuff. It's a next month thing. Okay. It was always, oh, we'll get you next month. Example. When I went to the World Series, okay, I had talked to Victor directly. I said, hey, I'm paying this out of pocket on my own dollar. All right. He's like, oh, we will get that to you next month. And then next month came and nothing, nothing. Didn't get anything. Okay. That's fine. Next month came, nothing. Still working in the warehouse. All right, where do we go from here? Right. Well, you so, have expenses, right? I mean, oh, absolutely. You have, you have bills. I would imagine. You know, I'm not sure if you you marry, you have kids, whatever. Well, I got, but, I got I mean, two kids, and you know, a wife and stuff too. And she was pissed off because I wasn't getting, I wasn't getting paid. Right. But she knew that that she she was buying, she was drinking the Kool Aid too. It's like, hey, this is this is your dream, Will. I know you want to do this, and I know you've always wanted to be involved with something like this. So, it's great, but. When when is it going to actually happen? So how long did you work there until you didn't get? Uh, how long total? Like you said, it was a year that you worked it was, there. It was almost get, a year. Yeah, and you never um, got a dollar from so them. I had started school. Uh, it was September of 2020. We did the ball videos that I talked about in the in the email, which mm -hmm. were a nightmare. I'll just say that, and we'll end it there on that one. They were they were tough. Um, 
and then I was I worked in a couple months and then you know what I can't do it anymore between school and 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 you trying to push like tell me I'm gonna get paid and not get paid I can't do it anymore so that's where it ended yeah well we like to speculate around here so I'm gonna speculate for a second because I feel like there's some room for speculation here Absolutely. you know based on some of the, the the way that it seems these on these events unfolded like I'd like to know who who was in who was in touch with the uh, Indian tribe about the guarantee of building this family entertainment center. Because again, to speculate here, Rob, to speculate, you know, it wouldn't be hard for somebody to make something like that up and say they have the backing of an Indian tribe who's going to build a family entertainment center just to try and get things off the ground, attract people to come and work for them, attract investors to to, to the company. You know, and you know, when Will says that from the from the jump, from the jump, it never seemed like they were even interested in breaking ground on it. And you know, I, I mean, that's you know, again to speculate, but uh, I never. It, it, to me, it never felt like big bowling ever really got rolling. Rob, I don't know how you feel about it, but just as a fan of 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 the sport and. You know, obviously, somebody who stays on top of like, you know, bowling balls coming out, and you know, when there was a, the announcement that there was a new bowling ball company entering the scene, I mean, that's bound to make a big splash because it's it's way more common today to hear that there's bowling ball companies shutting down than opening up. Right. Well, point. here's my question: is is do you do you feel will that big bought their PBA product registration way too early in the life of the company. Cause I would imagine yeah. that costs a pretty, a pretty, pretty penny, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's another, that's another pain point because I, I brought it up. It's like what we, okay. At the time of the world series, when I, when I went to rep the guys, we literally only had three bowling balls. Okay. Yeah, see, yes. I mean, we were, we were fucking brown boxing it dude on the truck. Okay. So, <laughs> having to lug around brown boxes all over the place and all oh, those are the big balls yeah and on top of that let's be honest they weren't rolling real great at the world series i mean Pontus made it Pontus made a show or not a show he made a final with a purple hammer okay and simonelli made the world uh, the world uh championship um the cashers round uh he grinded in right great and we had five or six guys and they're all telling us the same thing hey these things They'll hook three or four times and they'll never hook again. But that's what we were seeing in, in, in R&D as well. I mean, I was throwbotting a little bit, actually quite a bit. I mean, I drilled no less than 100 of those bowling balls, 120 of those bowling balls. And I bet five or 10 of them were good, like decent. Excuse me. Right. I, I imagine like, you know, that's really tough as a new company. And I know Mike wants to ask about oh, yeah. that. But you're, you're competing against companies like Storm in, in, in Brunswick that have been you know, testing and and doing research and development and spending millions for 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 decades. And they're and they're they're already they they're they already made their big splash. Exactly, right? they're, they, they're they, already established. Yeah, they big splash all the time. They got the the prominent players and the advertisements and all this. So, like, I understand the pressure of a new bowling ball company to try and go that route and and make those moves. I get it, but. Uh, at the same time, you got to make sure that you're ready to make those moves and in, and in the right position to make those moves. Because if you don't, if you make them too early, you know, obviously, I think that 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 this situation shows that uh, there's going to be some consequences for that. But will my my question for you, 
that Rob alluded to uh, is, you know, can you give our, our, our listeners here a little bit of an idea from the background perspective of how hard it is for a new company, a new bowling ball company like Big to compete against the Storms and the Brunswicks uh, of the bowling industry? Okay. So if, if the business is functioning correctly, it's extremely hard, already extremely hard. I've heard stories about Chrisman, I mean, basically just leveraging money somewhere so he could pay the bills next month until, hey, I can develop this ball or I can develop that ball. It's the same thing. I mean, everybody's got to start somewhere, right? Now, with that said, it, it's hard if it's already functioning or if, if it's functioning at a, at, a, at a decent level. But if if the person in charge and or the guy that's designing bowling balls can't take a constructive criticism on his on his product, then it makes it much more difficult because he one guy seeing saying something like, oh, they're they're OK. And then another guy saying, oh, they're good. And then all the guy in charge is saying is, well, you guys don't know what you're talking about. You're not seeing it correctly. You need to see it differently. Uh, OK. All right. We're all bowlers here. Right. Well, yeah. Um, and we're seeing it one way and you're seeing it another. We're here. We're, you hired us to give you feedback. Right. Not, not to get shit on. Right. Well, there's, you know, just being in, in corporate America, there's a difference between, you know, um, like being a leader and being like a, a, a science or an engineer behind making this stuff. Right. Oh, absolutely. So like leadership, you need to understand what's going on around you, take feedback from the people you hire, get mm -hmm. be able to take criticism, right. Of, of what's going on and, you know, build a team together, you know, and then, have one, you know, one goal and accomplish it, right? If you have the guy who's leading also doing the R&D, um, it sounds, you know, and the, that person can't take constructive criticism. It sounds like a recipe for a disaster. And it sounds like that's what happened there, huh? Absolutely. Um, yeah, you said it. You said it right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Crazy. Um, you know, so I guess where do you think, and I guess, you know, we'll start kind of wrapping up here to get you out of here, but like, where do you see? Do you see big uh, big will, bowling? Right will, now, yeah, will we hear from big bowling again? You want my opinion? Yeah, sure. I think it's done. I think it's Personally, done. I think it's done. I mean, they're not answering emails, phone calls, text messages. I can't get through to customer service. Nothing. And so, if I can't get through, that means distributors probably can't get through, which also means that customers can't get through. That's uh, you said it right. Recipe for disaster. I mean, and and it, that those are all the red flags, man. To your yeah. knowledge, is is there a lot of inventory left? Uh, the last time I was in the warehouse, which was just before I moved to Pullman to start my bachelor's, uh, there was maybe fifty bowling balls in the warehouse. Uh, okay, which yeah, is not many. very many. Right, right. Gotcha. Well, you know, look like. Honestly, just just and, and I'm going to say this to be on record, like just because I, I know Victor and I know Tony, like I, I really believe and in, in hope that they're able to make some kind of like really like rocky underdog, like, you know, come back. Right. Sure. But I can understand, Will, your point. Yeah, of but you got you, you to add to that, that they make things right with the people that they didn't leave things right with. Is, do you have any no. like, do you have any like legal like. Do you have any legal like way to like 
try to recoup any of that money that you that you had or is it more of a a spit handshake like startup like type blood equity agreement here's the way i'm gonna look at this and 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 the look victor's already got enough on his plate all right with the health and you know the, this kind of his business is crumbling okay right i don't want to put any more bullshit into his lap okay so the way i'm looking at it is is more of a silver lining it's like okay here's the deal what I lost monetarily, I gained in like a lot of experience. Okay. Like I got to see bowling balls built from the ground up. Awesome. It's pretty Something cool. I've always wanted to do. Yeah. yeah that's cool. cool. Okay. Sure. Secondly, I've made some great friendships. Mike Flanagan, Rhino Page. I mean, I got to room with Norm Duke at the world at the World Series, dude. That was fucking awesome. Okay. Yes, it was okay. awesome. Right. Okay. Now, um, and it it lit a fire in me to say, Hey, I need to do something different. So I wouldn't be here today doing what I'm doing now, which is pursuing my bachelor's in material science. If I would have not gone through this situation whatsoever. So now I've got a mechanical, a mechanical design degree, and I'm pursuing something that I'm extremely passionate about. So really all I have is thanks for Victor at this point. It's like, if he's listening, I hope, I hope he hears this. Thank you. Because you, you set my life on a better path, even if I wasn't monetarily, you know, compensated. And I'm, I'm spicy about that. Don't get me wrong. I am spicy about that. But I've gained it in spades in, in other parts of my life. So silver lining, everything's working out just fine. Okay. And really, I, I hope the best for Victor. Really, I, I do. I mean, I've known the guy a long time. I don't want to shit in his cereal, you know, because, again, he has a lot on his plate. Yeah, you know, if you get treated bad, that that stuff sticks with you. Sure, you remember the feelings, you don't really remember the logical parts. Well, Will, listen, you're a better guy than me because if somebody didn't pay me for a year, (laughs) son, son, you better have my money, (laughs) maybe my money, (laughs) son, you better have my money, okay, because like I'm coming for you one way or another. Yeah. So listen, you know, interesting story. Uh, You know, obviously no, nobody likes to see somebody fail, right? We're not going to sit here and root for failure or celebrate failure, but I just think it is like, to me, this is the kind of story that you never hear in the bowling community that I like to hear the details on, you know, like usually it would just be uh, big bowling. They're not around anymore. Who the hell knows what happens, but you know, I feel like with some of these outlets now that are out there, you know, these are some of the stories that we can and should uh, be, be, you know, getting the information on, you know, and, and Rob and I talk about a lot of other examples, uh, you know, in, in that same realm uh, mm-hmm. a lot on this show. But this There's is this of, is definitely one of them. There is a lot of behind the scenes info. There was a lot of behind the scenes info going on at a lot of bowling related companies where people feel like everything is roses and dandelions and they're oh, not. It, 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 ain't, it ain't rainbows and unicorns, man. It, it ain't. ain't. Corporate America, oh, it, 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 it is in general, but I think a lot of people don't understand and really know what's going on behind the scenes. Um, and I've heard. <laughs> I feel stories. like Rob is teasing people to, to drop in our email. 
drop in our DMs. I know there You're laying the breadcrumbs for the Hansel and Gretels of the of the bowling community. I know there's stuff going on. Oh my god! I, I know there's stuff going on. You know, so but um, this is this to me journalism right there. That's the journalism in him. Oh, I there's see, a little part see, of me that's the journalists. I will give him props for doing his little investigative thing here. He did a nice job, but yeah, yeah. like, see this, this to me though, it falls in somewhat of a different category just because, you know, we're like, we're hearing about the business aspect of it, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just the drama. It's not something personal. It's, it's really the business of why a bowling ball company works or doesn't work, you know, and, and, and this story of this new company who came out and tried to take a shot. And you know it didn't it didn't work, but it's interesting to hear the details behind uh, why it didn't work. So, Will, listen, uh, we want to thank you for coming on, and we wish you luck going forward. And uh, yeah, man, thank thanks for the info, thanks for reaching out to us, well, and, you, and we enjoyed you know get, digging into this story a little bit. Will, do you have a, um? Looks like you're in a pro shop, uh, and your yes, email sir. was a pro shop. So, do you have a pro shop you want to give to the people? You want to plug it? Uh, well, I'm in Pullman, Washington at a place called Zeppo's, actually where I met Victor Marion, uh, consequently. <laughs> so um, I, uh, I took over this shop about a month ago because I needed something to do uh, while I was going to school. And uh, here I am. just. So where can they visit balls. you to get a ball drilled from a, a experienced ball rep ex uh, bowling ball manufacturer? Uh, just executive? calm down, man. <laughs> so what's the name of your pro shop, Will? It, it's just... It's just the pro shop. Um, I actually, I used to own a shop. It called, I called it Willie Styles Pro Shop. So maybe I can get some neon or something out on this one. It know, should be but, keep, uh, keep your uh, bowling balls names out of my goddamn mouth. Pro shop. Goddamn right. Don't talk about my wife either. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah. So, Will, good luck, man. Good luck with the shop. Feel free to reach out anytime, and uh, we wish you luck, bro. Thanks, Will. Appreciate it. Have a good one. You too. Later. So yeah, nice job, nice job with the investigative side of that, Rob. But again, like I said, interesting, interesting story to hear, interesting hey, background I to hear, behind the scenes stuff we don't really ever get to hear. Nope. You know, a lot of this stuff goes down. Guys signing with companies, leave companies, etc. We never really get to hear what the behind the scenes of it is. But in this case, we did. I, I find that I find that kind of compelling. So new, so big news story. I'm about to break. I will be starting my own a uh, bowling blog. Uh, it's going to be a dollar ninety nine a month, and it's going to be called the twelfth frame. So, uh, Jeff, um, I'm sorry, my man, but I'm coming for you. No, I'm just kidding. That's not that's not true. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, let me say something real quick. I do like the I, uh, putting the journalist hat on for for a story. Reach out to people, and, and the great thing about it is, is like that, to know the people to reach out to makes journalism a lot easier. Um, because if I didn't have the um, uh, the contacts that I did, um, it would have been a lot harder for me for, to get responses and answers. Um, but it was also good, you know, Tony and Victor did respond to me and they did reach out to me um, and they did give, you know, give me a little bit of what happened down there. So it was awesome to see both sides of it instead of just seeing one side of it, because you do tend to get, you know, a, a, a perspective on not only their side, but also somebody like Will's side, right? Who obviously, you know, was was a little bit upset because he wasn't getting paid uh, for his time uh, there. Uh, I should have asked this question. Maybe you or somebody else in the chat knows. 
the the guy Victor, who was the uh, impetus behind big bowling. Mm-hmm. What what I know he worked for Storm previously, yeah, right? Do do we have any idea of what balls he designed for Storm while working there? Um, I know he was there for a really long time. I know he okay. was like one of the lead uh ex like experts in like the research development. Um, so you could probably put his hat on a lot of the balls that were made there. Um, I don't know specifically. Um, and I'm sure you know people will will listen to this and probably reach out. Um, but I know some of the um some of the the the, the big ones, you know, um, because he was there for a while, but uh, you know, no pun intended on the big ones, uh, by the way. That just uh big bowling, Mark Buffo. Hey Mark, man, good to see you in the chat. Big bowling didn't have a great distributor program, which I feel hurt them as well as big distributor partners didn't stock their stuff. Mark, okay. I know, has some experience in that end of the bowling world. Um yeah, uh, I feel like also, and, and I might be a little bit harsh here, but I feel like some of the pros they brought on could have done a a, a little bit of a better job in their promoting and selling of the brand. Yeah, um, but you know what? You you like here's why I asked about what balls he designed because, like, in that scenario where you're coming out with a new bowling ball company, like you you you, know, you better you better hit a, a home run your first at bat. Here's the thing is you better come out swinging, Mike. Here's the you got to you you got to come out with a ball that immediately people are going to be like, oh, what's that? I so need to get that in my hand. Here's the issue is I completely agree with you. The problem is what they did is they jumped into the deep end right away. Right. What in reality they should have done is they should have started making balls, putting them on the shelves, putting them in the bowler's hands, and then you know st- crawl finding the, the gem. Finding the gem. Do you get that balls that are really rolling great and you feel like, okay, we got something here? Then maybe you talk about a product, a PBA product registration. No, no, you don't even do that. You talk about patch pirates first. You talk about getting into pro shops. You talk about give me that big bowling ball, getting the ball. No, but I'm serious. You talk about getting the ball into the hands of the league bowlers, putting up scores with it, getting people asking, what's that ball? Right. You start, yeah. you give away a lot of free balls. You give away a lot of free balls to a lot of the prominent bowlers in your area, in, in the in the main area. Look, like you have – bowling world is small. It wouldn't be hard to put it in a lot of these bowlers' hands. There was a lot of pros' interest, Mike, in this company because of what I said earlier with the nugget. Well, listen, a lot of – there isn't a lot of great stuff going on in a lot of these companies. So when, when there is a new bowling ball company coming out where you could maybe get a, a well-known pro, somebody who's been in the industry for a while, a shot at being a part of a, maybe a future storm on the early like development of the company, it's going to – the pros' ears are going to raise and they're going to want to be a part of it because they could see themselves being like the next, you know, you know Hank Boomershine or – you know, somebody who's like the right-hand man of Bill Chrisman, who has a, you know, big, you know, executive job. And, and you know, look, the bowling, you want to get involved in that as, a, as, as any kind of bowler, in my opinion. Um, you know, it's it, it was it was a tough situation because I think COVID really hurt them. But from what Will said, I think it, it was a little bit of a of a, of a – you know, flags from the get-go. But on the other hand, Mike, you do have a startup company, right? When you have five to eight people, it's not going to be organized, okay? It's going to be crazy stuff is going to be going on, okay? You're going to be 
changing on a day-to-day, a week-to-week basis. There's going to be issues. There's going to be problems. That's the part of working for a startup. That's why it's really hard, really hard. Arr, it's hard to um, to get started and, and to develop a boy and boy companies. And shouts to Motive, Mike, because Motive did it. And I don't think Motive gets enough props. Like they did it. Like they brought, they went into a industry with Storm and at the time Ebonite, Brunswick, Columbia, Track, right? And they're still around and they're, you know, not, you know, the top of the industry right now, but they're hanging around and they're still around, Mike. And they did make a few really good bowling balls. So I kind of feel like Motive needs to get a little bit more props on that side of it. Okay, fair enough. All right, let's move. Let, Look, let, let, real quick, there's a comment. Motive used to have a lot of patch pirates. Ask Jeff. It's true, though. That's look the reason why Motive was giving out, you know, ball they deals. They to get their everybody. name out there. They got to get their name out there, and I don't blame them for that. What they did. So, all right, Mike, let's move on. I know, uh, you know, we got a couple other things to talk about, real quick. So, Tom Shannon interview oh. this week. Oh. Tom Shannon, Lucas Wiseman, I think, oh. tweeted out an interview with Tom Shannon, and I retweeted it, and you retweeted it, and we were all talking about it online. And I guess the highlight from the interview, Rob, is he he gets asked about the Professional Bowlers Association oh. and owning, you know, Bolero owning the Professional Bowlers Association, and he says something along the lines, and I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, uh, that it that, that the PBA is basically an infomercial. Oh no, he said that it was an. Infomercial. I know. Okay, that that the infomercial part is a quote, but I'm not I'm not going to go much further than that. Well, here's the thing: is that people like I listened to that quote like 15 times because, and I'll tell you why: because I didn't understand it at first, and I had to really understand what he was saying. Um, because I was going to put a tweet out, and I'm glad I didn't because I would have got lit up for it because I didn't understand fully what he said. So essentially what he said is he, they're using the PBA essentially as their marketing department, essentially. Right. Where previously prior to the PBA, they were paying their marketing team, maybe $10 million, $10 million a year. Right, That's what he said. And they right, right. They were spending 10 million. Yeah. They they were spending 10 million. To being in the black one thousand, no one million, yeah, one, 1 million, million, like one million. Yeah, they said they they actually make one million off of the PBA, right, right. So, it, so and I, I, I love to know where that comes from. I would assume it comes from Fox whatever Fox. they worked out with Fox or whatever. The sponsorships, I'd imagine, add up. Um, you know, and obviously the prize funds, and they got to put know. that million in their pocket. Come on, son. That that's. That's so greedy, honestly. Well, Mike, going from being in the red ten million to being in the black one million and not having to put a whole lot of time and effort and money into your marketing department as a corporate bigwig or executive who's on the board or you know the stock. Oh, I'm sure that just it. They love that. Oh, I'm sure Um, they eat that up. I'm sure. My, but but at the same time, like, doesn't it clearly show that? To, to 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 throw that million dollars back at the PBA and say, here, let's do something with this. It wouldn't really be a big deal. They'd still be up 10 million. 100%. And that was where my like biggest problem with what he said was, was the fact where, yes, okay, if you're making 1 million now on the PBA um, and you were read in 10 million, like why don't you take some of that money and, and maybe take that one or two or $3 million 
and put it back into the PBA, like invest in the, in the product, you know, build a streaming service out, you know, build some more, you know, tournaments, you know, put some more like marketing into your players um, and, you know, try to build it. So maybe it goes from being in the black 1 million to maybe eventually you have enough sponsorships to go black, you know, 2 million and 3 million and you grow it. And then not on top of that is it, it's all the, growing the PBA and putting money and making a lot of more money is, is going to help everybody. It helps their bowling centers. It helps, you know, their bottom line. It helps the pros. It helps the fans. I mean, it, it's just, it's a, it helps everybody. So you think maybe they would at least give it a shot, you know, invest in it, get someone who's smart, who knows the business, who knows the industry, put more money into it and build a better product. But I do feel like the future of it is in the streaming service. Um, and they did, you know, but anyway, I, I don't want to get down that road, but yeah, the, just him calling it an infomercial though. I just didn't like that term. Everyone, you know, uses the word infomercial in a, in a, in a, in a I'm, I'm negative okay. way. I'm okay with him using that. If he said, you know, in the context of saying we're using bowling, professional bowling as an advertisement to try and get people to interested in bowling and to come and bowl. I don't really think there's anything wrong with that, but damn to sit there and say, well, we were spending ten million. Now we're plus one million, and you're cutting back on the prize funds and things that you're doing with the, you know, the, I, I don't know. That just doesn't sit well with me. You know, it doesn't sit well with me at all. So, all right, we'll see. You know, Nico, Nico was saying earlier, Rob, in the chat that uh, there's a there's a rumor that the schedule is going to be released tomorrow. So, you know, maybe we'll see that, and maybe we'll get word uh, of of what's going on and, and what it's going to look like that. That'll that'll really let me uh, sit back and compare his comments with uh, with what the new schedule looks like. Dude, and you know Nico's got his ear to the street. He knows what's going on in the bowling world. Absolutely. Um, so I yeah, I'd be interested to see what the schedule looks like. And I think the PBA now has has caught on that you know uh, Wednesday nights or Thursday morning they don't want to release the schedule, so they wait for now Thursday night or Friday morning <laughs> to make us wait a week to get on uh, the show. Um, to, to talk about it, but yeah, I'll be curious to see. We'll we'll see a lot of what Bolero has plans for future PBA when the schedule releases. So. Absolutely. All right. The only other thing I wanted to touch on this week, Rob, was uh, this announcement by the PBA that uh, and Bolero that they're going to be running a national tournament. Uh, they announced this week it's going to take place in Milwaukee at a Bolero Center that's being remodeled. Uh, before the event, uh, it's going to be different divisions. It looks like there's going to be men's and women's open or pro divisions that are going to pay 25000 and then some lower tier divisions that are going to pay 5000 for first. Handicapped, though, right? I think some of them are, yeah. Here, <laughs> here's what I thought when I read this press release. What happened to the 250000 what happened to the 250 G's? Dude, that one dude for the league bowlers on it somewhere. The one dude Luis is sitting on there, but oh, Mike, um, you know, the other I thing I thought I is, be, is this is this a shot at the USBC tournament? Maybe, but you know, I would be I wouldn't be so hard on Bolero if it was a Bolero tournament and the Bolero was putting it on and they put a handicap division, whatever. But if the PBA is involved somehow and their name is getting attached to it. And they they have it as a handicap tournament. I, I I just that I kind of makes me a little bit like, 
the PBA, in my opinion, should shouldn't be uh, uh, like have any kind of relation to anything that's handicap in in the bowling world. The PBA is a professional bowls association. It should be all high level competitive scratch events, right? I just don't uh, kind of agree with them putting their name to a tournament that has a handicap system, re- you know, to it. Well, I mean, Matt, you're you're gonna get every every sand every sandbag in Tom Harry Patch Pirate sandbagger you could imagine. I'm show up this show. Let's go. Bolero, Bolero's going to find out what it's like to deal with the sandbaggers. I want to bring this comment up by Chayton. Uh, they're claiming a $500,000 total prize fund. I saw that too. And then when I saw what the first prizes was, I was like, how does that make any sense? 500 grand total prize fund and you well, got 25 grand and five grand first. I mean, well, multiple divisions. Multiple okay. Divisions and God yeah, God, no, God. I hear you. I, I just, I don't know. Not something know. that I'm trying to go to. However, the other, the other thought I had on this was the good news is that you know you know this shit's coming to Carolier at some point, right? I mean, they're yeah. having it in a 70-some lane center in Milwaukee. If they're going to move it around at all, you know it's Carolier is going to be one of the places that they have it. They're definitely going to come out hey, to the East Coast. I'm going to be I'm going to be a hot commodity at 207 book by the time my league's under. Oh, you're gonna yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be loading up on action. I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm coming to I'm coming to Carolier, baby. I'm gonna have all my 300 800 rings. I'm gonna have my patch pirate 30 36 patch. balls with you. With my name on the back of the shirt and then new, I'm new shirt like, every day, and your average is going to be one ninety three. 193. 193. 37 balls with them. Different shirt every day. Different shirt. Rings on out the ass. 190, 193 average. All right, Rob, let's give the people what they come for. Go ahead. You go first because I know you have yours picked out and ready to go. Yeah. Oh, in case anybody didn't know, though, a special announcement. Uh, there are like 10 new bowling balls coming out next month, and they're all the greatest bowling balls ever. They all go longer and stronger and are must-haves in your bags. Hit me up for a promo code, um, and I will get you a you know 5% discount on anything over $1,000 you spend on my website. So. Um, I'm going to pull this up here. Uh, Mike, you can't, I'm going to read this post, but look at this gash here. Oh my goodness gracious. This worst of the week is for the Bolero at Cerritos, California, not for the person who posts this. Um, But this uh, post says bowl that Bolero in Cerritos, California tonight. Lane 2930 took a chunk out of my bowling ball. Jesus Lord. Look at that chunk. Uh, but the manager said it could be manufacturer fault and refused to do anything. They said their machine or lane never done that to any ball. What do you suggest I should do? Mike, look at this chunk here. Dude, they could – yo, if this was me, Mike, if this happened to my bowling ball and I went up to the front desk – and they told me that this was a manufacturer fault. Yo, I would have left in handcuffs, bro. I would have left in handcuffs. Yo, I would have been killing people. Yo, it would have been Brock Lesnar up in there. I would have been throwing people through tables. It would have been a wild scene because 
That is outrageous. The person who runs Cerritos uh, and the Bolero in Cerritos should never even be in a bowling alley, should never run a center. It's, 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 this is a, a bullshit. It, this needs to go to Bolero Corp. Like this person, I, I would start hell. Like honestly, because this person deserves a new bowling ball. Cause dude, that gash is, 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 is crazy how that they, the bowling alley can't take responsibility for that. I, I agree. I agree. Absolutely. All right. My worst of the week is going to uh, Bowler's Rant YouTube page. Okay. Shaden, a- I'll make that work. I, I think Shaden actually works for Bolero, right? Shaden, what do you do for exactly for Bolero again? That, 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 yo, I'll definitely. Look, we got the that. connections for people. Yeah. All right. Bowler's Rant YouTube page. Okay. Uh, yes, I'm giving them worst of the week. Yes, they have 9,000 subscribers. We do not. Oh, shit. Uh, Hold on a sec. Storm, sorry, dude. Yeah, that's right. All right, I'll, I'll make that hook up. Stu coming in. Stu Williams popping in. It's always in. lurking. It's always lurking. Dude, I, I swear, I for some reason, thought lurking you were around. Bolero, my bad. Always, always, always around. Appreciate uh, it, man. Bowler's Rant YouTube page. Yes, I'm going to give them worst of the week. Yes, they have 9,000 followers, and we don't. I don't care. Uh, I saw a post from them on the Storm Bowling fans uh, uh, YouTube page or Facebook page, and here's the video. So I clicked on the video. First of all, the video has a picture of a Storm ball, the Storm Revenant. Revenant. Okay, Revenant. I guess it's a new ball. And it has a guy with his face going, on the front of the video, okay? Like, this is, like, huge news, okay? And here's the title of the video. Rumor! Exclamation point. Storm Revenant replaces the Spectre. Is this the one you are waiting for? Sorry. Got to give that worst of the week. Too much too much hype for me over a bowling ball I never even heard of. I'm sorry. Arr, it's going to replace the Spectre. Arr. Spectre. Arr. Ridiculous. Dude, Give the people who, what they want, Rob. What up, man? Good to see you, bro. Hope all is well. Appreciate you. Dude, Coop's the man. Yo, I don't, Mike, you would love Coop. He's hilarious, dude. I, we used to work together at K&K. Uh, the people we used to deal with in the pro shops. I, I could have... 30 worst of the week stories a day working at the pro shop for 10 hours. You know, that, I love to run a segment with people uh, who actually work and run in pro shops to give their like worst customer yeah. stories. Yeah. Um, man, I'm telling you, you get it all. Yeah. Day if, day listen, day. if you're a pro shop guy, feel free to reach out to us. You with come your, on. your worst pro shop stories. No, you can just email us. We'll keep it anonymous. Ooh, your worst I pro like shop it. stories, worst customer stories, worst questions. We know Ooh. there's good ones out there. Oh my God. I never, I don't think I've ever laughed harder in my life than I did in a bowling alley pro shop. And that's oh. the truth. Like I, I used to, you know, piss my pants type laughing uh, at some of the stuff that would be said or asked or, talked about in the bowling alley pro shop i mean it was it was ridiculous sometimes but the best was like the best and this would happen a lot um where people would come in and they'd be like yo my balls and hooking like there's some i just drilled this ball 240 dollars it ain't it ain't hooking it can't hook so i we used to give free game passes so i used to give a free game pass and say all right let's go out to the lanes you know when i had time 
and I would go out to the lanes and this person would like be throwing it like dead straight up the middle. And they'd be like, yo, this ball ain't hooking. And I'm just like going like, and I just would have that look in my face. Like what? Like, really? Like, is this like, am I, is there like candid cameras? Like, is there a cameraman going to pop out of the back and like, you know, surprise, you're on candid camera. Like we're just fucking with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got that a lot, you know, where people, they would just throw headhunters and be like, yo, my bowling hooking, you know, I'm leaving pocket eight tens or five pins. I'm just like, okay. Um, <laughs> yo, I, the 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 one story I remember from the pro shop is is that made me laugh so hard. I mean, we talked about this story for so long afterwards. Was this guy came in with his kid, and his kid he he, he had bought his kid a ball. Like we didn't know where he got the ball, but he bought his kid a ball, and he came in to get it drilled. So when the when the owner of the pro shop told him how much it would be to get him drilled, I think back then it was like fifty bucks or something. He told him it would be fifty bucks to get it drilled. Yo, the guy absolutely lost his shit, okay? Started screaming and hollering about how there's no way it should be 50 bucks. And he ended his rant by saying, let's go, Junior. We'll go home, and I'll drill the damn thing myself. So, yeah, that, <laughs> no, that was one of the best. Martin, old JBT guy, man. I'm pretty sure that's the same bill. Uh, some guy came into a shop I used to work at and asked if I could plug a wooden bowling ball. It was a legit <laughs> old original one. Can't make it up. Oh my goodness. Yo, I swear I think we're on to something. Yo, if you got good pro shop stories, I want your worst. Send it sweep the racket gmail. You don't have to attach your name to Hit it. Hit us up. Drop us Yo, emails. Oh my god. We won't even read your email. No names. No names. No, no, no. We will we no. will get we will take 25 minutes of dedicated time of our channel and we will just read pro shop stories and it will be the freaking funniest thing I guarantee you people have heard cuz everybody has 25 of those stories i might even put it on social media mike if you have your worst pro shop customer stories let's hear them i think there's just too many out there for us not oh to my god i can't it. i can't even imagine what it's like today with the lack of knowledge that's out there oh, like oh. i can't even imagine some oh. of the stuff they get today dude it's pretty it's pretty bad i worked in the shop for you know a couple a year 10 months whatever it was Oh my goodness. And most of the time you're talking to these people is most of them trying to educate them, but the best is when they're asking questions and then you give them the answer and then they disagree with you. Yeah. Like, yeah. What the fuck are you asking me for, man? I'm, yeah. the shop. I'm a supposed expert and you're fighting with me right now. Cause like you, you disagree with what I'm saying. It's like, dude, like I'm telling you, like, this is not like opinion. This is fact. Like, and you're still arguing with me. Oh, all right, Rob, all give right, it man. to him. My final thought is, yeah, I, I hope the schedule comes out tomorrow. Mm. Yeah, no. you know, I want to see it. I want to see what's going on. I want to see. I want to see what's up for the for the season. I heard a rumor, Rob. I'm not. I can't even. I, I can't even allude to what the rumor is. But I heard a rumor that has me excited. And wait, I'm, did, I'm, wait, I'm, wait I'm, I've always wanted to do this. Did you say rumor? <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh I'm actually I'm real I'm I'm looking forward to the schedule coming out. There's some things that I I, I really want to see uh if if what I'm hearing has been true. Mm, okay. That's interesting. That's a juicy way to finish the episode. Um 
<sighs> my final thought is uh, I'm going to be back to B3 to practice this weekend. Um, I decided that I'm, I didn't like my equipment, so I'm going to be <laughs> retooling my equipment here in the next few months. Um, I'm going to be getting rid of some stuff, uh, some used balls. Um, so I could give a list if people want to buy my used balls. Um, some of them have been pitch plotted. Buy his used balls that he got for free is what he's saying. Yeah, I'm going to sell some of my used balls here. I'm going to retool and uh, get some uh, so some new stuff. But that's – hey, Mike, that's what keeps me engaged in the sport is be able to, like, you know, keep bringing in new balls and then keep, you know, finding the gems that I I, I throw – and then you know, building a, a big tool, uh, a big toolbox for myself when it comes to bowling. But I'm already going to start getting ready to bowl the tat in uh, in the February. And then you know, uh, there's some team tournaments on Thanksgiving. I'm bowling with Wesley Lowe on um, on Saturday in a team tournament. So yeah, yeah great tack event, doubles tournament Sunday uh, at Ocean Lanes. Sorted by me, but uh, I have a soccer game at the same time, so I'm not able to go. Uh, my daughter has a soccer game, actually, so I'm not able to go. Sure. But um, all right, Mike. All good, man. Yo, listen, enjoy your practice session this weekend. Uh, everybody out there who's bowling, enjoy your bowling. Nico, I saw you're going to practice. Good luck, Hoss. Bowl well. Uh, Nico, right. send Happy us Halloween. a video, bro. I told you, send us a video, okay? We'll we'll help you out, bro. We'll get that game up to par, dude. Send us a video Mike, and give you some advice, okay? I'm going to bowl seven 300s this weekend against Mamma Mia. Arr. Arr. I'm going to go retool my arsenal this Arr. weekend, all with free balls. balls everybody. It's terrible. It's terrible. You really, you really are. You really are a patch pirate. And, Arr. yes, Mike Walker, ring the bell, baby. Let's go, Phillies. I'm going to end with that. Day. Everybody have a good week. Sweep the racket, Gmail. Hit us up. Hit us up on social media. I'm at the 215th. He's at Brook and Rob 11. Rob, have a good week, everybody. Okay. We appreciate you joining us as always. Sweet the rack. We'll see you later. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.